Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody today. Yay! I feel like there's a lot of... uh applause in our hearts today because we're, we're part of a moment in the last 30 minutes of just an experience of God's presence. And, and it, it's right to, in a sense, acknowledge that. With, with our, our applause, we can't even hold it back because we sense there's something exciting taking place. And it's the Spirit of God moving in our midst. And I'm so grateful. Hey, if you are new, my name is John. I'm lead pastor here. And I'm really glad you've joined us today, especially because it is Connect Sunday. And uh, I really would love for you, if you're new, uh, to, to stick around after the service like Pastor Rick just shared and uh, check out all the different groups that we're launching. We're just starting these groups. And that means that uh, if you're new, it's a chance for you to just jump in right while it's new for everyone else too. And that's a great way to begin a journey of truly connecting to grow. And that's what we are about here is connecting in groups to grow. So find your group. Today's when they're all uh, available for you to discover. And I am actually going to be attempting to, <laughs> attempting to make my message a little shorter today so that you'll have time to get out there and find a group. And so please pray that uh, miracles would happen. That would be great. <laughs> but uh, I am excited about the message I'm going to share today. This is part two of the series now you know this series is called Grow Flow. So, and that is the season of vision that we're entering into. Last week we began and I shared the overview and part one. But we are officially entering into a new season of vision as a church family. And we're calling this time Grow Flow So. Grow Flow So. And what it's about is that you and I, is, as a church community, we are over the next several years focusing on what God is calling us to do to grow strong disciples and to flow in the spirit and to sow into our world. That's what this is about. Grow, flow, sow. Somebody shout, grow, flow, sow. There it is. Grow, flow, sow. That's what we're doing. And so we, we dove last week into growing strong disciples. And, and today, I'm going to focus on the flow that God wants for us to flow in the spirit. And as I, uh, as I think about this, throughout the scripture, throughout the Bible, this idea of flow actually becomes a, a theme that, that is woven through Old Testament to new in a powerful way. And I'll just trace it through, build a bit of a foundation as I get ready to turn to John 7 in a moment. But, you know, you start back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2.10, and it describes that in the Garden of Eden, there's a river that's flowing in the Garden of Eden, watering it. And then in Exodus 3.17, the promised holy land is referred to as the land flowing with milk and honey. And then you get to Exodus 14, and God's people set free from slavery in Egypt. But how does it happen? The waters of the Nile are, are, are not flowing the right direction. They flow backwards so that God's people can move forward in the, the, the destiny that he has for them. In Numbers 20, there's water that begins to flow miraculously from a rock for God's 
people. In Joshua 3, Joshua 4, the Red Sea, its waters stop flowing so that God's people are able to walk across behind the Ark of the Covenant on dry ground. Proverbs 4.23 talks about your heart and says, guard your heart because from it, from it flow all of the issues of life. In 2 Kings 4, there's a widow who has nothing but empty jars, but she puts her empty jars out and supernaturally oil begins to flow, and the, the oil keeps flowing and filling her jars as long as she would have the faith to put another empty one out. And in Isaiah 41, 18, the promise from God's heart is that there would be rivers that would flow on the barren heights and that springs would flow in the valleys of our lives. In Ezekiel 47, there's a prophetic picture of heaven and the river flowing from the temple of heaven flowing, and wherever it flows... Everything it touches comes to life and lives. And then in Joel 3.18, there is a promise that there would be a fountain that would flow from the Lord's house. And in John 7.38, Jesus talked about something that would flow from within you that would change everything. And then in heaven, in Revelation 21, 22.1, there is a description of heaven where from the very throne of God and the Lamb, there flows a river clear, clear as crystal. It's the waters of life. And this is the theme I see throughout the scripture, this theme of a flow. And there's something about this idea of a flow that matters. I'm flowing. Somebody say, I'm flowing. I'm flowing. This is what I believe God is inviting you and I into, even in this, this season of vision, grow, flow. So flowing in the spirit. There's something about movement and fluidity that God desires for you and me spiritually. I'll put it like this. So this past week, I drove, I drove up to the bridge that's across the Marietta Creek on Vineyard Parkway. You probably know the bridge I'm talking about. It's a little bridge that crosses the creek, and, and I saw a bunch of cars there. There were a bunch of people that were out of their cars, and they were standing on the sides of the bridge, and they were just looking. They were just watching. And you know what they were watching? They were watching the flow of the creek. Why? Because, I mean, if you're not from around here, you wouldn't know this, but at 50 weeks of the year, there's nothing there. It's a dry creek bed. It's just a, nothing but the dry, dashed, dusty old hopes and dreams of all us river lovers, like buried there in the sand, like nothing. But two weeks a year when the rain comes, whoosh, it just begins flowing, and there's something mesmerizing about it. And there's a whole bunch of us that can't help but go drive down there and stop and, and look at it and watch that flow, because when we've seen the dry creek bed, we've recognized that it's, it's, it's like crying out for something, that it's actually made for what we saw this past week, for that rushing water flowing through it. It's made for that. And so are you. You're made for that. Spiritually, this is what you and I are actually called to experience. And I want us to turn now to John chapter 7 and uh, open up your Bible or at least open up a Bible app to John chapter 7. And here's the moment. It's early in the ministry of Jesus on this earth. And he's in Jerusalem, but it's a unique moment because it's the holiday called Sukkot. It's the Jewish festival of tabernacles. And this is the holiday and the festival that Jewish people are celebrating that they were set free from slavery in Egypt. And 
And so the people are crowding the streets of Jerusalem. It's the kind of holiday where, especially at this time, everybody, if they possibly could, was supposed to come to Jerusalem, and it's a week-long festival uh, to celebrate the, the, in, in the temple and gather with the priests. And, and so there's people from all over the place, shoulder to shoulder, a lot of action in Jerusalem, people from out of town hustling and bustling. That's kind of the setting. And it's the end of that week where people have been celebrating that we jump into the words of Jesus in John chapter 7, John 7, 37. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said this, living waters, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. I love this moment in scripture and in, in depicting my Jesus because of uh, the particulars about it. I, I love the moment. You got to kind of picture it. Crowds all around the place by the thousands, hustling and bustling, shoulder to shoulder. And Jesus stands up and starts shouting. And maybe it's because I'm the kind of guy who also loves a good shout. But I love to see this. this is who my Jesus is. Like He's in the wild. He's not cooped up in a kind of a religious cage or something, but he's just out in the middle of where everything's happening, and he's just going for it and saying, you need to know about something, and I'm not keeping it to myself. <laughs> I love this moment in Jesus because I believe that there's a way in which he's speaking to all of us still that this isn't just about Jerusalem uh, 2,000 years ago. It's about the heart of God always to everybody, to all of us too, that there is an invitation available to any of us that can hear him. And, and I want you to hear his words again, John 7, 37. He said, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. I want you to read those words of Jesus, nice and strong. Ready? Go. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. <laughs> Somebody shout, anyone. anyone. I love the fact that Jesus is an anyone kind of savior. That he really is an anyone kind of a redeemer, that he's an anyone kind of Messiah, that he's an anyone kind of God, that he's willing to look at a crowd of all kinds of people from all kinds of places who had been up to all kinds of who knows what, but to nevertheless say to all of them, anyone, somebody say it again, anyone, anyone who's thirsty can come to me and drink. I, I love the fact that Jesus isn't putting an asterisk there saying, ah, except for you. I know what you've been into. <laughs> you didn't pass my litmus test. You're not allowed. I'm so grateful that he just stands and shouts, shouts because he's passionate about it. Anyone, anyone who's thirsty can come to me and drink. Anyone. Anyone who believes in me, he said. And so anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. Anyone who believes in me. And it's as though Jesus is, is acknowledging, okay, you, you came to Jerusalem. You came to the, 
the, the religious festival. Good. He's not condemning that. He's acknowledging that they're there for something. But he's in a sense saying, what you're, what you're experiencing through, through these religious rituals, as nice as they are, they're not going to actually quench the thirst that you have. It's as though Jesus in this moment is saying, I want to give a, a further invitation. And it's an invitation for you to move beyond. To move beyond this surface level kind of a ceremonial religiosity and into the the depths of a true spirit-filled reality. It's as though Jesus in this moment is saying, good, you came to church, good, but can we, can we go beyond the religion and into a, a real relationship with one another? It's as though Jesus is saying, look, I'm glad you came for the high uh, festival of Sukkot, the religious festival, but how about you come into the deeper place of the Holy Spirit that you need more than anything? Th- this is what's happening in this moment. Jesus still speaks this word of invitation to any single one of us. But his words that I want you to pay attention to for a second, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Somebody say, come and drink. Come and drink. This is is the picture. Jesus is standing and talking to a whole lot of people that, that have a deep need that they might not even be able to put into words quite yet. But he's identifying it with this metaphor of thirst. And he's saying, if you're thirsty, you come to me and drink. And what Jesus is envisioning for you and me, for any one of us, is that when we come, it wouldn't be so that we could watch some other people do some Jesus stuff. It wouldn't be so that we could come and listen to some other people talk about him. But it would be so that we could come to him personally and take him in all the way to imbibe, to to let something of the goodness and the worth and the wonder and the merit and the power of Jesus flow into us. Because only then can there then be the flow from us that we're about to get to. But you come to him first. You come to him with your thirst. The thirst is about any of us recognizing in some way something, I'm just not right. I'm not right inside. I'm stuck with this sin and the guilt of it and the shame of it, and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to go with it. And Jesus says, what you do with it is you come to me. Because when you come to me, you're going to take in a flow of my mercy that's going to cleanse you. If you're willing to come to me with that thirst for my mercy, my grace, my forgiveness, and ask for it, you're going to receive all that you need and more. And so for any one of us who is a believer in Jesus and that can't help but, man, clap our hands, it's because we get that. Every single day we live there of waking up going, I need your mercy. Oh, thank you for your mercy because it's right there. We come to him and drink. It's not a one-time deal. We come to him and drink in his mercy and grace every day of our lives. It's a way of life. But when you do, when you allow something of the goodness, mercy, cleansing, grace of Jesus to flow into you, then you're ready for for the flow to come from you, the flow of the Spirit. And and this is is what I see Jesus inviting me and you to, to keep on experiencing. Let me take you back to his words. John 7, 38 again. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. 
For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. You know what's really amazing about this particular verse of scripture is, is, is it seems like Jesus is quoting something from the Old Testament. And on, on the surface, you might just say, yeah, Jesus is quoting something from the Old Testament. That's good. But if you were to try to look up, well, what's the verse that he's quoting? You won't find it. You won't. You won't find it. Because what Jesus is doing is saying, look, it's not about one particular verse. This is about the entire revelation of the heart of God that I'm encapsulating for you in this one phrase. Seriously, what Jesus is doing here in this moment, he's quoting from Ezekiel 47 and Isaiah 43 and Isaiah 12, 3 and Isaiah 58, 11 and Zechariah 14, 8, and I could go on and on. And he's bringing them all, all to this moment saying, do you see what the prophets always spoke about in a day to come is being fulfilled for you? that you get to experience it and live in it. And what it is about is the Spirit of God not being some distant kind of a cosmic force, not being some sort of an inanimate, powerful object, but being the person of God that comes into you and then flows through you. This is what you're made for, to come and drink. So when you're thirsty, you know where to come. And the thirst will be satisfied. But it's not only so that you will live satisfied. It's so that from you can flow the river of the Spirit of God so that others may be touched by his goodness and love. Let me tell you about something that happened a number of, number of weeks ago. No, sorry, a number of months ago. A woman in our church who is part of our prophetic team and prayer team uh, said, I, I, I gave you a gift. Did you get the gift I gave you? And I actually wasn't sure what it was. There was a, my wife had gotten a new little pitcher and put it on our, little, our countertop. It happened to be that same week. And this woman asked me, did you get what I gave you, the pitcher? And I thought the thing on my kitchen counter that Ann got was actually the thing. And I said, oh, yeah, I got it. It's great. I really like it. But it wasn't that at all. And then later... I, I, I found what was really given, and it was not given to, to my personal family, but to our church family, and it was this. This woman, she felt that the Spirit of God instructed her heart, buy that picture and have it custom made with those words, and she felt an unction from the Spirit of God to make this, have this made, and it says, I will pour out my spirit on center point. This is a prophetic message. This sister in our church felt it so strongly that God was saying, I'm going to do that, but gave her also this driving passion to make sure that I had this. But, but I'm asking, will you be willing to receive it and to receive what it means that God wants to do this? What, what I believe, what I believe God is speaking is a reference to the words of the prophet Joel. And then the prophet Joel is one of the ones used by God to stand in a moment in time, but to kind of look through eternity into things yet to be. And standing nearly 3,000 years ago, looking ahead, saw what we're actually living through right now. 
The time in history, some people would refer to this as the end of days, and some would refer to it as the beginning of the renewal of all things, and it's probably a mix of all of the above. But it's a time when God is on the move doing these things. Let me read to you the words of the prophet Joel. And I believe that we're living in these days. That it's not often the by and by that it's happening. But this is what the prophet Joel says in Joel 22, 28. God speaks and says, Afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. I got to read this one more time. You got to hear it one more time. Let it soak in. He said, afterward, I will pour out my spirit. Say, I will pour out my spirit. spirit. Say it again. I will pour out my spirit. spirit. Keep that on the screen for a moment. Let these words sink in. This is what God desires to do in your life, in our church through our church. Why? Because the dry creek bed is made for something. It's made for the flow. And the flow comes from the outpour of the Spirit of God. And you need it more than you know. And God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I'm experiencing that. And I think it's because God's saying, yes, I said that I would do that. So, yes, (laughs) your young men will see visions. I might be crossing over at some point into the part of dreaming dreams. I don't know what the cutoff date is. But the old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Even on my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. What Wonders. God is showing wonders in the heavens and on the earth. But what's the origin of those wonders? The origin of those wonders is the pouring out of his spirit, the wonders that God wants to do. They have a source, and it's in him. I mean, is the source of the wonders God wants to do in the the clever sermons that you hear, or in the beautiful music that you hear, or the nice things on the screen, or the lights here? No. Those things can be vessels through which God can move, but where God wants to do the outpouring is on the sons and daughters. Somebody put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. That's the church. This is where God wants to do his outpouring, is on the body of Christ who's willing to stand and say, I'm flowing. I don't know exactly where that's going to go. I don't know exactly because I don't control it because it's him. But I'm willing to be a vessel, and I'm flowing, and I'm not going to be passive about it. I'm going to be reflexively engaged, activated in the journey of experience with Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to be a 50 weeks a year dry creek bed kind of a Christian. I want to be an every day I'm flowing kind of a Christian. I don't want to be that person who says, one time I heard from God. 20 years ago, because I was about to get a divorce, and God spoke to me. I mean, I'm glad he spoke to you 20 years ago. I think he's probably had a lot more to keep on saying. If only you wouldn't be a -a 50-week-a-year dry creek bed kind of Christian, but one who would say, I'm flowing. 
I don't control it. I don't know about all of it. I'm still discovering what it means, but I'm, I'm flowing. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come, flow through me. Jesus, I'm coming to you with my thirst, and I believe that as I do, something of you is flowing into me. But then, what Jesus wants is what Jesus gets, which is that you would be somebody from whom something like living waters is flowing through. And we already know from what John 7.39 says that this refers to the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not just being parenthetically metaphorical. He was being very direct about what he envisions for people who come to him. That people who come to him wouldn't settle for just going to the festival, celebrating a, a holy festival, but instead they would come to the, the Holy Spirit full of faith so that a flow of God's goodness could come, uh, come through them. So I think that it's important that we that we understand this, that we're in the middle of a, a season of vision, or just beginning it rather, grow, flow, so we're growing strong disciples and we're flowing in the spirit and we're sowing into our world. But I want you to know that I'm praying for you that this would happen, the pouring out of the spirit so that you would be one that has been poured out on, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but so that you would then flow in the spirit, and that you'd understand what it means to flow in the spirit. And for those of you who do know what it means to flow in the spirit, it is time for you to begin to release impartations to many others that they might also do as you have been blessed and encouraged by God to do. And for others of you, it's time to enter into a season of saying, Holy Spirit, I won't ignore you anymore, and I will be open to what you want to do in and through my life, and, and to engage and enjoy what Spirit of God wants to do. I believe God's calling us to raise up a generation of people who know what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to live in the power of the Spirit and to a generation of people who know what the anointing of the Spirit of God is and understand that it is in the end the anointing that breaks the yokes and chains of slavery. And to be a group of people who, who have the fruit of the Spirit growing in increasing measure because we're flowing and people who prioritize the presence the presence of Holy Spirit in and through our lives and cooperate with the Spirit's leading. I'm praying we grow to be people who comprehend and depend on the Spirit's authority and the Holy Spirit's power for supernatural breakthrough. It's what we're made for. To, to be people who are flowing and who understand that, that passivity will never do. That the scriptures has, have called us clearly saying, fan into flame the gift that is in you from the Holy Spirit, from the laying on of my hands. You're part of how it's going to happen. Don't wait passively. You stir it up. Fan it into flame. And you seek what God might do. When you and I more and more live this way, saying, Holy Spirit, blow through me, miracles can happen. We don't control them like it's a faucet, but we go after what God wants to do, and sometimes he astounds us, and, and sometimes he does something miraculous that seems to take us halfway there, and then we press in some more and pray some more after that, and he takes us all the way there, but we go after it. We stir it up because we're people who stand and say, I'm flowing. 
I'm not a dry creek bed 50 weeks a year Christian. I'm flowing. I'm flowing. And when we do, supernatural breakthroughs can happen for us and for other people. I want to share a testimony, maybe one or two, uh, with you right now of how God brought breakthrough through somebody just flowing, a couple of people just flowing in the spirit. Ch uh, check this testimony out. Hi, I'm Irene Capen, and I have been attending Centerpoint Church for 14 years. I lead the Foster Adopt Ministry, Embrace, and I also am on the hospitality team. My story starts uh, two years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was fortunate, blessed enough to uh, have surgery, remove everything, and I was good to go. A few months ago, I had found uh, a lump in my breast again, I went into the ultrasound, and the doctor said that it was uh, nothing big, it was just a cyst, and it should go away in a few months. But it had been a lot of months after, and it's been on my mind. I was serving coffee one night, a, a five o'clock service, and Pastor Ann had walked by and wanted to say hi, and she and I were talking. I don't usually say what's going on in my life, whatever, and so, but at that time, I felt something inside of me say, share this with her. I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm a little worried because I have this lump and um, it was supposed to go away and it hasn't and it's still there and you get nervous. And, um, and just at that moment, we have another church member, John, who is our one of our prayer warriors and on prayer team. He just happened to be walking by. So of course, Pastor Ann stops him and says, John, we have to pray for uh, Irene. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared or anything. And so I thought, okay, God, you know, um, I'm not usually comfortable with that, but I'm open. So uh, they both prayed for me at the entrance of the church. And I honestly just felt this peace over me. And um, after they were done praying, I, you know, I instantly felt better. But, you know, I, I went and checked, and that, that lump had changed. I was overcome. I couldn't believe it. It just happened. And again, I'm not one to, like, somebody pray over me. And it was the Holy Spirit putting Pastor Ann, like, walking by just to say hi. And, of course, me like having the courage to say something and say, hey, can you pray over this? And um, I have seen God move in my life, but I have never felt it physically. And uh, that night, I just did. So... I see that, and something inside of me says, on one hand, praise God, and then the other part says, more, Lord, more, Lord. And, and let's, let's commit together to be people who would say, I'm flowing. I'm not waiting passively for somebody else to do that Holy Spirit stuff. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to? The kingdom awaits. Kingdom of God. And you get to step into it. You come to Jesus with your thirst. And he pours into you his, his own cleansing flow of mercy and grace and power. 
And that is not meant to then just be contained within you, but to flow from within you. That's what we read, isn't it? He's given us the picture of what he wants. It's not a mystery anymore. He's declared, this is what I see. This is what I want to see through my people. Whoever comes to me believing is going to experience my spirit. It's what he wants. So how are we as a church going to deliver into this part of this vision, grow, flow? So how are we doing this? Well, I'll share a few things with you. Number one, you can, you know, every semester we're doing classes. Like, for example, right now, starting next week, we have a healing class, a class on physical healing, praying for healing. Come to that class. Learn how to flow in healing. After that, we're do- a couple weeks later, we're starting a prophetic class called Shifting Atmospheres. Come to the class. Learn how to flow in the spirit in the prophetic. Maybe you're not ready for the class, but you could just come on. Uh, first Saturdays of the month, we do prophetic appointments for whoever wants one. And see what it's like to experience the flow of the spirit of God through a brother or sister operating in the 1 Corinthians 14 gifts for your benefit. I'm asking you to to come to seek nights. We we are deliberately shifting our seek nights and seek weeks a little bit, just a little bit, to make sure that it's it's not just an extended play worship set, but instead that that we have a a pressing into the Spirit of God together so that we can together look for the activations that God wants to do, for the stirring up, the fanning into flame that God wants to do so that his gifts are used for the building up of his body and, and all of the gifts, not just helps and administration. Everybody has those gifts and loves them, but what about prophecy? What about healing? What about tongues? What about miracles? These deliverance. What about that end of the spectrum that we say, ah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit weird to me? Well, what if Jesus had that very thing in mind when he said, from him would flow Rivers of living water, the full flow of the Spirit. That is what I'm praying that we would experience together. So uh, I pray that you would open your heart to this reality. I'm going to just wrap up with this. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Actually, why don't you all read that verse out loud off the screen together. Ready, go. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So this is a blessing in one of the New Testament letters, and it's one of the places where we we see very clearly our triune God, one God, three persons, boom, there. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is something that God wants for you, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss out on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Hey, last week, did you catch the news and did it startle you when you saw the headlines or heard it or saw it on the TV or or, or on your feed or whatever that said, all American air travel grounded? Did anyone see that? Some of you probably saw it and you were at an airport. (laughs) But literally, that was the news. All American air traffic was grounded. For four hours, not a single plane was able to take off in the United States of America. All air traffic was grounded. I saw that and it got me a little alarmed to see it. But uh, what happened was that there was an error in the, what's called the NOTAMS system that's noticed to all air missions. I'd never really heard about it before either, but it's this vital, integral part of the behind the scenes. You don't see it all the time, but it needs to always be there, kind of a system within air 
travel. And that notice to air, uh, to all air missions, technology was not working. The behind the scenes communication that tells all the pilots where to go so they don't crash into each other, it wasn't working. And so nothing could fly. I was thinking about that and I thought, man, how many of us do our Christian life with the NOTAM thing not working? Like the behind the scenes, unseen but very important communication system just not even connected. Where Holy Spirit's able to say, let's go this way. Hey, let's hold back on that. Hey, I want to flow through you for a breakthrough over here. Let's go. And I'm praying that every single one of us would have our <laughs> spiritual NOTAM system fired up and upgraded as of today. And that you and I would be people who would say, you know what? I don't claim to understand it all, but I'm flowing. I'm flowing in Holy Spirit. And I'm praying that because of that, there would be testimonies by the thousands. Because where you show up to work on a certain job site, there are people who are never coming in the doors of this church building. They're just not ready for that. But you're there. And if you're there flowing, God can move in a mighty way. I think there are probably some of you stand in a classroom and, and those kids get ornery and out, out, out of touch, out of base, whatever. But you stand there with the flow of the Holy Spirit, with a deliberate posture. God, I'm flowing. What goodness could come through you to rail them back in, rein them back in and help them rise up the way that they're meant to in this world? What about the, the person who is at your small group and comes there and barely made it but came anyway, but they've got a pounding migraine headache, and, and you hear about their migraine headache, and something inside of you goes, mm, mm, should do something. Yes, you should. And you stand in that spiritual posture of, I'm flowing. I don't control this. I don't know all about, but I know that God loves to do some crazy awesome stuff sometimes. So I'm going to pray for you. And what if you're the one who you pray in faith and the healing comes and it just bursts out right there in somebody's living room on a Wednesday night at your small group? This is what we're made for, church. I'm flowing. Somebody say it with me. I'm flowing. I'm flowing. I'm flowing. Let's decide together we will be a group of Christians who are 52 weeks a year river flowing kinds of Christians. Because I think Jesus is looking at you and believing that you will be just that. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, one more time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'm praying that for somebody, today would be the day that you receive all. All three, uh, all three of those things, the, the love of God, the grace in salvation through Jesus, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I want you to just take a moment and pray with me. Would you pray? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you desire that people would come to you and beyond the sort of the shallow surface veneer of um, just religiosity, but you really want people to come to you, to come to you. And when we come to you, we, we get the cleansing flow of your mercy coming into us. And while I'm praying, God, I believe that there's probably somebody here right now who desperately needs that. You, you feel something stirring up inside of you, and it's because the Holy Spirit is beckoning you, because you need your thirst 
quenched in Jesus. And if you would come with a thirst, a thirst for your sin to be forgiven, a thirst for the guilt and shame to be washed away, a, a, a thirst for the hope of heaven, <laughs> you bring your thirst to him, his answer is, yes, have all that you need. Come and drink. And drink in his mercy. Drink in his forgiveness. Drink in his salvation. And so for somebody, this is your moment. Like right now, it's, this is it. You've been on the outside looking in long enough, and it's time to come on through the wide open doors into the kingdom of God through the mercy of Jesus Christ. No one else can force you to do this. This is a step of faith that you take because you're finally waking up inside. Something inside is just finally saying, I can't deal with this emptiness and shame anymore. I have a thirst and I, I get this. That there's, there's something so much bigger than I could ever fulfill for myself. And it's the great mercy of Jesus that you need. So Father, I pray that right now you would do a spiritual awakening for whoever needs to finally come to Jesus and ask for the gift of salvation through the cross. Thank you, Father, for spiritual awakening happening right now. While we're sitting here and praying, if you're here today or joining me online and you're saying, I need that. I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. I want to receive Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you've never done that, or maybe you've just backslidden so far, you're finally here today, but it's not just about coming to church, it's Jesus you need. If you're ready, finally, to say yes to Jesus, to ask him to forgive you and save you, right now, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise it right now, really high, and keep it up for a moment. Keep it up right in the middle. I see you and you and you, the three of you. Thank you. Keep it up for a moment, because our ministry team is going to come bring you a Bible. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Over in my left you and you and you as well. If there's anybody else, please raise your hand really high. The ministry team is going to bring you a Bible. I want to make sure you're able to respond and finally say yes to Jesus. Just raise your hand right now if you're saying, I need to do that. Ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. And now, those of you who had a hand raised, if you, won't, if you don't mind, just pray with me for a moment. And you say something like this. Just close your eyes and say, Jesus Christ. I believe in you. Just with me, you can say it. Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I give you my life. Just say it to him. I repent of my sin, and I turn to you, Jesus. I believe you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross, and I believe that you rose from the dead, and because you're alive, you can give me new life. And just ask him, Jesus, would you give me new life? I give you mine, and you're my Lord and my Savior from this moment on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, God, for new life. Those of you who just raised your hand, this is not a magical moment, but it is a spiritual reality. Something is taking place now that only God could do. You're being born again. Or if you've backslidden and this is coming back, then you are being received back as a beloved daughter or son. Either way, it's miraculous, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for salvation and new life. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to ask you to all stand up together. It's Connect Sunday, and I do want to make sure we have a little time to connect and find a group to grow. So if you need prayer, you're going to come to the front. 
And we have a team of people ready to be flowing so that you could be free. But let's declare what we believe about who our God is and what he's doing in our church. Come on, sing it out strong. I believe. I believe.